Hello, and welcome to the Zero to Hired podcast, the show that helps struggling job seekers find a career that's right for you. In every episode, we have one mission, to provide you with unique tips and strategies from leading industry experts that will get you in front of hiring managers. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Zero to Hired podcast. Our special guest this week is Stephanie Clark. Stephanie Clark launched her own new career when she opened up her business in 2007. Not really aspiring to be a business owner, the spark that spurred Stephanie to establish new leaf resumes was her gift for the written word. Having discovered a real love for the crisp, lean style of business writing, she stumbled on the craft of resume writing. Newly certified within a scant year, Stephanie earned recognition with four awards of excellence, as well as having her work selected for inclusion in a U.S. career publication. Stephanie's resumes continue to earn her accolades. She has since earned two master level certifications, a total of nine awards from the Career Professionals of Canada, an award from the U.S.-based Emerald Career Publications, You'll find Stephanie's resumes and letters in a variety of career books that you might find at chapters in your local library or career centers. I believe in the power of the word, the written word, she says, which can be powerfully good or equally bad, depending on the writer's skill. Welcome, Stephanie, who is about to inspire you to use words wisely, strategically to cut through the recruitment process. Her tactics will equip you with the resume that lands interviews, perfect for introverts, for whom networking is not an effective job search strategy. Stephanie, please welcome welcome to the show. Thank you very much, John. I'm pleased to be here. And we're very excited. This is a, a really interesting topic for us. You know, we're, we're going to be discussing resumes specifically for introverts, for all those people out there that are really struggling to, to get through that process. And uh, we're going to go through and even look at how you optimize the resume for the ATS and also speak to the hiring manager at the same time. So I'm really excited to have you on the show. Thanks, John. So, Stephanie, can we, let's just go back a little bit and let's just rewind. How did this all get started for you? Well, um, I'm glad that you asked because it's, it's quite a good story. I spent much of my uh, career years floundering and going from one kind of job to another. I did everything from making bagel sandwiches at a bagel bar to managing a large retail store um, and everything in between. I've worked in a factory as a young woman between uh, years at school and in a daycare center. I mean, I have done a lot of things. I was a supply teacher for a while. And uh, I, I've also been fired a few times, not for cause, but just because the fit wasn't there. So I can really relate to my clients. When I hit about 45, I thought, well, what do I want to be when I grow up? <laughs> because it was time to do that. And, you know, I'd always had this little voice in my head that said, you should write, you want to write. But for some reason, I was equating the word writing with writing a novel, which I can't do. Mm -hmm. A counselor I went to once said, why don't you look online and see if there's any writing courses online so that you could try something out. The only thing I could find was a business writing certificate through OntarioLearn.com, which lists all the different courses available to us through um, the various colleges in Ontario. Business writing. I thought, well, okay, at least it's something. I'll take it. 
I loved it <laughs> and I excelled in it. I loved the idea of, you know, really lean and crisp writing. I have a knack for it. It confounds me a little bit because business writing seems to mean that you are business savvy, but I am not particularly business savvy. I'm very artistic actually. And, but I think this ability to write lean with the creative aspect that I bring to my work has, that's what propelled me to earn the first series of awards in my first year. So by the time I was 50, I had gotten this business writing certificate and I had found Career Professionals of Canada. I had taken the, um, their certificate in resume, as a resume strategist, and I just hit the ground running. I had a lot of skills and experience under my belt, so to speak, by that point. So I wasn't a newbie trying to figure things out. And as far as owning my own business, I'm not an entrepreneur, but I'm extremely self-disciplined. When I focus, I focus. The world could be crashing down around me, and I don't, I'm not even aware of it. So <laughs> that helped me in terms of running a business, even though I'm not business savvy per se. And that's how I got into resume writing. Well, I don't know. It sounds like you're pretty business savvy to me if you're doing all this work and still keeping your head about you and uh, still able to deliver, right? And that's. Well, yeah, I, I think you are right. I mean, when it comes to owning a business, you have to wear many hats. You have to do the accounting. You have to figure out what the government wants from you. You have to sell when, you, when clients call. You have to manage client expectations and so on having resources for them, handouts that help them with typical questions like how do I choose my references and mm -hmm. how do I prepare them and so on. Uh, I've got all that. I've done all that. I, I think that I have probably more talents than, than I sort of acknowledge. Uh, and, and I, as I say, I focus. I self, I'm self-disciplined. I do it. I do what needs to be done. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. So, so, so you've touched on a lot of good things. Actually, there was a resource in there. You, you talked about Ontario Learning. So this OntarioLearn.com, yes. OntarioLearn.com. And that's mm -hmm. a resource where people can find out about available courses out for them? Yes, online courses. Okay. Which is great for anyone who, you know, maybe has kids at home and really can't get out to their local community college once or twice a week in the evenings. But they can certainly sit down, as I did at the computer, every Sunday morning while everyone's still sleeping <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and take your course, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, this is fantastic. I didn't even know such a thing existed, so this is great. So you can, these are for all those people out there that are in the midst of just transition and they're looking to do something a little bit different, but they're still lacking those skills, right? The, yes. uh, you know, mm -hmm. the actual skills to, to move forward. So this is a great resource in there. So I'm definitely going to make sure that I include the, the link in the show notes so people can get a copy of it or click on it and great. find that resource for themselves. Yeah. And um, so you, you got into this, you know, you started winning your accolades. You, you, you know, you've got, you know, you're a member of the Canadian Career Professionals uh, doing strategic resume writing. So we're going to talk specifically around writing resumes for the introverts today. So mm -hmm. uh, how does that start? So how do you get Lean and Chris? Like, do you start your resume with the Lean and Chris format? Or like, what's the process that you you typically work through as you're putting this together? Um, no, the Lean and Chris comes from 
writing style and okay. removing redundancies and really considering every word. You know, if I have a bullet that's two and a quarter lines, I'm going to try really hard to get it down to two lines. Mm -hmm. And certainly if I have an orphan word, one little word on a second or third line, it's got, it's got to go. <laughs> In you know, Since 2007, I've actually only had one resume where I had a one word line that I absolutely couldn't shorten it anymore and there was nothing else that needed to be added. So that's, I remember that distinctly because I do uh, value resume real estate. You know, it's really expensive. You've got one or two pages and most recruiters don't want to see more than that. So we've got to stay crisp. But uh, writing a resume for introvert is really more about the fact that an introvert is not going to necessarily get out there and network. Meeting mm -hmm. people, reaching out, cold calling, all that. I'm an introvert. You know, that's why I work at home by myself most of the time. I regenerate on my own. I need that my own space to, to be productive. And to, even for me to network is can be quite difficult. People re reach out to me and I'm very friendly and open and certainly willing. And uh, um, But to, to reach out and network is really difficult. I'm not good at cold calling or, or that sort of thing. And so I fully understand that. And I think perhaps somehow that comes to my, on my uh, website, um, because I do get a lot of people who are introverts. And you know, when they hear that they don't have to network to land a, a job interview, they're, they're flabbergasted and they're thrilled. Uh, and it all has to do with the content of the resume. Okay. Res today's resume, in order to be effective, has to speak to two audiences. It has to speak to the applicant tracking software, which is the system that many, many employers now use to parse and evaluate submissions because they've got you know hundreds sometimes. It, uh, using these applicant tracking software systems has reduced the need for additional HR manpower, so it makes a great deal of sense economically to an employer. Mm -hmm. uh, it also increases the transparency of the hiring process. You know, if you have a name that, um, you know, that someone you knew when you were a kid was named uh, uh, Rita or something, and she was mean to you, and so you have this subconscious <laughs> uh, <laughs> bias against people named Rita or, uh, or a man named Ron or something, right? Uh, that won't come into play. And if you have... Um, an international name that won't come into play. The ATS it simply evaluates based on content and context. It doesn't interpret anything. It doesn't have a bias. So it, it has a lot of pluses to using it, but there are also minuses to using it because most people honestly don't know what it means to write a resume that is ATS optimized. Mm. Okay, so that's interesting. Well, first of all, I would have never thought you were introvert based on just having our conversation. So kudos to you to not making it look like, you know, and I guess when I think about it, introverts, like you can still be a highly successful person and still be an introvert. And that's, oh, absolutely. you know, and I think there's this misconception yeah. out there that, you know, if you're an introvert, then you can't be out there, you can't be successful, and you can't do all these great things. And, you know, you kind of, you yourself defy all that, you know, you're highly successful in, in your field and, and the work that you do. So, 
you know, for all the introverts that are listening, yes, there's a lot of hope out there for you. Don't give up. You know, you'll get to where you need to get to. Oh, absolutely. And although I, I'm not good in the networking event, you plunk me in a room with a whole bunch of people and I'm the wallflower. But you put me in front of the room to speak and I mm-hmm. love it. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> I, you know, there are obviously uh, kind of contradictory aspects to introversion. Some people go more this way, some that way that way. There's probably many versions of introversion. Yeah, actually, and you know, I think about myself for a second and I I was like you, I struggled with the networking events and just connecting with people in a live event, but put me in front of a room, not a problem. I can speak to the entire room. It was just Mm -hmm. easier. And it actually took for me, I, I actually put conscious effort in trying to reverse it and really be able to do those one-to-one conversations because I know there's a lot of value in those. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was leaving a lot at the table by not having those conversations with people in the room. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's different ways to do it. And, you know, to, you know, you can do it through your work, which is what you're doing. And, uh, you know, you can also learn it as well. So this is, this is great. So um, you talked about the applicant tracking system and, you know, writing your resume for both. And and this is interesting because I want to figure out, and I'm sure the audience is really interested in figuring out, you know, how do you do that? How do you start? Like, where do you, if you're laying out your resume, where do you start at the top? And then what's the, the ending start to look like as you're putting sure. it together? Sure. So I'll, I'll just step back to that, uh, that most people or many, many job hunters still don't know exactly what it means to how to work around this applicant tracking software, mm-hmm. the computerized recruitment process, you know. Um, and to that end, actually, this year, it seems that recruiters and job hunters are really cottoning on to this applicant tracking software and the need to understand it better. Because earlier this year, I um, presented to a division of the our Department of National Defense mm-hmm. uh, on the applicant tracking system for the spouses of the people that are serving our country oh, wow. uh, because they move around a lot. Every two, three years, they're in a different town or city looking for another job, right? Mm-hmm. So that they need to know about it. And also in September, I'm presenting to Communitech, which is a group, a job seekers group in uh, Kitchener-Waterloo on the applicant tracking system. So when I start laying out the resume, I'm putting in mind the fact that these ATS have certain formatting requirements. Um, There's quite a long list, but uh, for example, you do not want to use any headers or footers, at least not to put important information in. You can certainly put the page number if you wish, but don't put your name and your contact information in Mm -hmm. a header or footer. They're not able to evaluate that information in there. Also, don't put your name and contact information in a text box. They're not able to read a text box. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, 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 because there's a lot of people Mm -hmm. that do that. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but no, that's okay. And I think about the standard resume, and everybody drops everything into the header and to the footer, right? Yeah, because they think they're saving room, and then they'll have more room for for the rest of the content. And I had one client; I had sent him. He was an international client immigrating to Canada, and in IT. And I had sent him his resume that I wrote. And he said, I made a few changes. Can you have a look at it? So I looked at it. The first thing I saw was he had taken his name and contact information, put it into a, a header. So I immediately brought him back and said, no, no, please stop. This, because they can't read it. And then they say, oh, there's it's software. It just says, oh, there's no contact information out. 
you know, so you're completely, wow. yeah, okay. you've lost big marks there. Um, so, so you, you have to be aware of that. It cannot read complicated things. Use Word. Do not use a template that you find online. That template may have embedded features into it that may not be compatible with the ATS. I don't know which ones do and don't. I'm not sure how you can tell, mm -hmm. but uh, this is the way it works. And where I have gotten my information, John, is amazing. From I took a two-part webinar from an American woman who went to the source. She went not to the manufacturer of the ATS, to their sales department, but to the programmers that manufacture, that, that program these ATS for the manufacturer. The programmers oh, wow. told her, here's what, you know, how it's configured. Here's how it's set up to read a resume. Are those programmers still working? <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. Because it wouldn't be a secret at all. Yeah, yeah, because they've knowledge. Yeah, they've given away the, you know, they've given away the keys to the, to the to the chest, right? Like it's well, and the, yes, but this is what job seekers need to know. And why mm -hmm. would a company not want the job seeker to know that? What happened, I think, is that companies didn't take into account the fact that hey, if we want the to have the, to know who the best applicants are, they actually have to know how these ATS things work. Yeah, actually, that's, and a, that's so, an interesting. Yeah, I'm on a bit of a mission to to uh, educate the public, our Canadian public, on it because I think it's very unfair, really unfair. So those lovely infographic resumes, that's great to hand out to someone, but yes. it will not get parsed through the ATS. It'll just be completely thrown out. It won't know what to make out of them. Yeah, the infographic, and I've seen executives use it to highlight numbers and. Uh, to show, you know, how they've been able to transform organizations that they've worked with. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you definitely don't want to put that through an ATS. No. It's great for networking. Absolutely. Yeah. Hand it out or email it directly to a person, but not in a submission to, to a job posting. And so from that's how I begin. I start with fresh word document and start populating it, um, creating it from scratch myself. Okay. And uh, the, the second thing you have to remember after all the, the different, and I, I've only touched on the formatting. There are a lot more considerations. Then you go to that keyword phrase aspect. The ATS have a voracious appetite for keywords, and they will actually score and mark and evaluate your resume based on keywords and keyword phrases taken from the job posting. So the software is really relying on that job posting that you're applying to. It's up to every job hunter then, especially the introverts who don't want to have to network, who want their resume to land them interviews. They need to go through the job posting, highlight the hard skills associated with that job. So not the soft skills about your personality and, and your character traits and, and your work ethic and so on. It's about those hard skills, you know, like um, for an admin assistant would be the, the use of a Word and mm -hmm. Excel and... Um, data entry and access. Uh, for an IT professional, it's gonna to have to do with networks and hardware and software and um, you know those sorts of things. So each role has a set of uh, hard skills that go with it. Find the ones in that job posting and see how you can integrate that into your uh, resume. You want to put those keywords in your summary or profile because in that First summary of profile, you've got to impress upon not the ATS so much, but the human reader that you are perfect for this job or, or close to it. 
tell them exactly how, perhaps how many years you have in, in the experience they're looking for or what kinds of, you know, organization, large organization, or if you're a new grad, you know, that's fine. New, a new grad from this and this program with knowledge of such and such, up-to-date knowledge of such and such. Very often they'll have a section in the job posting that is really like a template for you to use uh, to populate your summary section. It's where they give you an overview of that position in two or three sentences. See sorry. Yeah, so sorry, which section was that again? The well, it's, it's not always titled in the job posting, but okay. it's where they give you an overview in okay. two or three sentences of what they expect from you. You have to be truthful, of course. So you only course, yeah. integrate language that is truthful to you. But what can you tell them about your experience, your skills, your knowledge of that area of what they're looking for? So it's, it's, it's integrating those keywords and keyword phrases throughout your bullets in a list of skill sets, if you like. Um, and, and you can find examples of, of resumes in books like uh, Best Canadian Resumes as put out by CPC. Uh, by our uh, executive director, Sharon Graham. Mm -hmm. And uh, they'll, they'll have sort of, I'm going to call them templates, but I, I don't mean prefab templates. I just mean they give you an outline of how the profile and the list of skills and then the professional experience and so on, how to lay that out. Okay. So actually, I want to go back and you touched on keywords and phrases. And, you know, mm -hmm. the, the one thing when I think about job description, I kind of think of them as grocery lists. Uh, the most important items are always at the top, and then there's things throughout. Um, what's your take on the number of times something shows up in a job description? Those are, you know, kind of walk through that a little yes. bit. Yeah, you know, so I'm, let's say the word strategic shows up 10 times in a job posting. You want to make sure that you're using it more than once or twice in your resume. Okay. Because key, some keywords are weighted more heavily than others. We don't know which. We're not privy to that information. There can also be knockout uh, things. So if you don't have something, if, if the company is completely focused on the fact that anybody in management has to have a degree and you do not, then that company, you'll get knocked out by that one thing if that's something that they've mandated. But don't despair because there are plenty of companies that don't have that kind of mandate. Yeah. So we can't please everyone. There's no way around that. But there's almost always a strategy, no matter what your potential obstacle to being included in the interview is, there almost always is a way to get over it, around it, <laughs> or through it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, so this is good. So in terms of obstacles, so when, you know, a job description, so uh, just so I could recap. Mm -hmm. uh, so if the organization is looking for a certain level of education and you don't have that level of education, then maybe the thing is to just move on to another application. No, because you don't know if that company has mandated that that is an absolute must have. If it says must have, then yeah, you can, you can probably um, interpret that as let's move on to something else. Cause it's oh, okay. a lot of work to tweak your resume, tailor it, mm -hmm. you know, curate it for, for the job posting. Uh, so you don't want to be wasting your time on ones, uh, but if it's nice to have, or as just listed as a qualification, but doesn't say must have, uh, then it's still a possibility that it, that's just, you know, kind of a nice to have, but I've had, for example, a director of it more than one who has gotten into his or her role, uh, climbing up the, the career ladder, really never had any formal training in it at all, just on the job. 
-hmm. And then they were let go because the, you know, reorganization, downsizing, so on, let go. And, you know, 20 years after being with the same company, they're, they're all of a sudden facing this challenge, this potential hurdle of, hey, I don't have a degree in, in computer sciences. But once, as long as the content of your resume, and this is where we get into the influencing, the people, the, the readers, the recruiters and HR and hiring managers, if, if your resume content has enough context in it that it demonstrates your performance, your productivity, and by the dotted line, how it affects the profits for the company, then the fact that you don't have that degree becomes a very, it's, it's nothing. It, it, mm -hmm. You know, if you've got, facts to back up the fact that you bring great value to this position and to the company, then that one little point all of a sudden becomes quite inconsequential. So how do you do that? How do you work the facts into your resume? You have to become, you have to look at yourself a little objectively, which is sometimes difficult. You cannot have a resume that reads like a job description or a job posting. Mm -hmm. you, you must customize that resume to say, you know, let's say the, it's a project manager. Every project manager has a little different, but you can count up, well, how many large projects a year do I do? How many small? How many different uh, divisions am I liaising with to get this stuff done? What kinds of ideas did I bring to the table to improve a process that seemed to be stumbling at one place all the time? What kind of courses have I taken to make sure that I have kept my skills and knowledge up to date? How have I brought what I learned in those courses into my work? What kinds of performance reviews have I had? What do they say about me? All of these things are fodder for bullets. You know, recognized in performance reviews for blah, blah, blah. Or even if it's verbal, recognized repeatedly by my manager for blah 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 <laughs> you know so these are the the kinds of things that will prove you are who you say you are and that you what kind of value you're bringing quite often it has to do with i kind of defining your own methodology how do i do these things what how do i do it i love sending people to strengthsfinder.com okay it's a um an evaluation of strengths run by Gallup, and Gallup has been collecting data for, well, they were the first sort of data aggregators <laughs> decades. And in a short 20-minute uh, series of questions, you'll get a report, I believe it's 1995 US, about $25 Canadian, worth its weight in gold, I tell you, because very often people cannot define, why am I good at this? If you're a salesperson, you just... You know, you, you figure you were just born with this. Well, yes, you were born with certain strengths <laughs> that lend you to being either a great salesperson or a great project manager or a great writer. So knowing what your strengths are, you can then articulate uh, with confidence and with specific language. They've got great language in there uh, that you can use in your resume or in an interview setting to define, you know, for the person why you're so good at, at this. What is it you're bringing to the table? You know, what is it that makes you great at this? And they can expect to see it on the job. There are so many ways, John, of selling yourself. Creative wow. ways that people don't think of. And I'm telling you, sometimes I sit, I think that I sit on this secret that is so <laughs> difficult to explain to people. Oh, I can, you know, I can teach people and, and I can do it for them. 
like how to make that resume sing their praises without boasting at all, just facts. But it's knowing, you know, how to cut through the, the weeds, you know, just to find that flower that's that's there. It's knowing how to get through through to those nuggets of gold that each person has. You know, it doesn't matter if I, I I've actually interviewed three people for the very same job. Every resume was, each of those three resumes was completely different, of course, in appearance, but also more importantly, in content. Mm -hmm. Because each person came from a different background, had different strengths, had different things, accomplishments to show why they're good at what they do. Completely different. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing to me. I, I really, it's, it's fascinating to see how these things can grow and evolve and really uh, the best compliment a person can give me is when they see it and they say, wow, I had to read that two or three times before I believed it was me. Yeah. yeah. I, I can totally see that happening. It's like, wow, that's really me on paper. Yeah. Yeah. They're, then they're thrilled and excited to start their job search because now they've got confidence. They know what their value is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, wow. Okay. So great. So I want to make sure I include the link, the strength, uh, strength finders. Yeah.com. And, yeah. um, so, so, and, you know, and I'm guessing this happens for a few people where they, they really, so now that you've taken the resume and you know, the, the disbelief is like, okay, that's really me. Yeah. How do you connect them mentally to the content that you've written down? Because I, I can see that being a challenge, and I'm sure some of the audience members are thinking this. You know, it's one thing to be this on paper; it's another thing to be this in person. And uh, how do you so, okay. and how do you yeah. connect the two? Yeah. Well, I think because when we base so much of it on their innate strengths, their methodology, their mm -hmm. motivation, I ask tons of questions. My homework, the, the questionnaire, is quite comprehensive. It's not just a one-hour homework questionnaire they mm -hmm. really have to know themselves get to know themselves i want them to talk to people and ask what do you think of me like how would you evaluate my work in that project you know they need to know the value they bring through other people's eyes as well which is often a really useful exercise because too many times we see what we did wrong and we focus on that and we obsess about it rather than seeing hey what we did right you know, I remember telling one coworker, you know, you are the epitome of professionalism. You're always calm, even tempered, polite to people. You've got great ideas to share. And she said, really? Inside, I'm so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so um, I think they can connect to it because it's authentic to them. I don't mm -hmm. make anything up. It's all very authentic. They can see it. And then I can help them learn to articulate it even better in, through interview coaching. So once I had got, gotten the resume writing, I realized that I loved the, the whole career um, sphere because it's something I didn't know when I was young. And oh my gosh, where would I have gotten to had I known it, had I been in <laughs> with this knowledge? Yes. So I, um, uh, yeah, I, I want I wanted to teach people, you know, how to interview better and uh, how to really communicate that value in a, an, authentic, an authentic way and in a persuasive manner without boasting. Mm, yeah. So the, the methodology that you walk people through has to be 
there's got to be a lot of self-reflection as they're doing this work. And I, and I can imagine there's going to be a couple of points where you're going to disagree with yourself, or you're going to get angry or upset, you know, what's your recommendation to, to get over those things, to get over, and maybe it's, I don't know if it's self-talk or if it's just, you know, those little voices inside your head that's saying, well, that's not really you. Why are you putting yourself out there? You know, how do you like mentally get over that, those mindsets? Like, how do you I, get over I never had it? anyone come back and say anything like that because really? my language is very toned down. Okay. I don't use any um, adjectives to, to inflate anything. There's no embellishment. It's, it's all really lean and crisp writing, right? So yeah. it's, I don't use the word very. I don't use the word all. <laughs> it's, it's all, it's, it's, it's small things like that. It's, it's extremely factual. It's yeah. extremely business. I'm creating a business case, really. That's what I'm doing. Wow, the, okay. The profile is the summary of the business case, and the proof is in, in the bullets and under all the positions. And, you know, so I'm really building a business case and then the summer is kind of in the cover look. wow okay yeah. wow i would have never thought of it that way i would i would have never seen it as you know when i think about a resume i think of it as an introduction of yourself to an organization or to a hiring manager i would have never thought of it as a business case wow that's yeah. a unique perspective right yeah that's pretty much what it is so so, so you touched on so it's your business case so you talked about the cover letter so what's the cover letter in this whole process Oh, the cover letter. I just adore writing cover letters because, you know, the resume is a very stilted kind of language. It's clipped and it's cut. It doesn't have pronouns and it doesn't have articles and it starts with verbs. And, you know, it's really got this cadence to it. But you get to the cover letter and you can let loose a little bit. Mm -hmm. I have been known to use the word namaste as a, wow, okay. a, at the end of a letter. <laughs> It works for some people. If you're applying to that kind of company that resonates with that language, there's absolutely no reason you can't say that. I've definitely used the word love in the cover letter. You know, if you love to do something and that is you authentically, then wow. you go right okay. ahead and use it. It's not a business letter. It is a self-marketing letter. It's a bit of a sales pitch, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, so, in fact, I had the loveliest compliment just last week from a, a client who's an executive, and he said, Stephanie, he says, for a guy who normally does not like cover letters, I'm kind of surprised at how much I like mine. <laughs> uh, you know, the cover letter should not just be a sort of synopsis of the resume. No, you've got to pull things together in a different way. And again, a great resource would be the uh, best Canadian cover letters put out by Crew Professionals of Canada. Um, I believe there's a, a new update coming out at the end of this year, I think so. And okay. I've got my sample res uh, cover letters in there, as well as in uh, Modernize Your job search letters and one of the editions of uh, cover letters, uh, no, job search letters for dummies. Um, so it, there's lots of resources out there to give you some ideas, but you want to steer clear of those ones that are too business-like. Mm, for some places that really works and some people that really works. If that is authentic to that person, that person is extremely business-like and formal in his or her communication, it's authentic to them. That's the way I'd write it. But mm. for many of us, it doesn't fit our position. It doesn't fit our personality. Certainly for young people today, they're far more relaxed in their communication. And, and just a marketing document really just, it 
wouldn't benefit from some overly business like in many contexts. So yeah, it, 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 it almost like you show up and you're a different person because you're not the person that's written down in the letter. Yes, you don't want that to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. So and so you touch on a very good point because yeah, I and I've seen it where people just don't include the cover letter. And I feel like they're missing out on an opportunity to really market themselves in a different yes. way from outside their resume, right? So if I can touch on the cover letter, three things. Number one is it is not parsed by the applicant tracking system. So you don't have to worry about your keyword phrases in there. Number two is that increasingly applicant tracking systems, um, they want you to put everything in one file. So they want the letter with the resume, but you want to put the letter at the end, not first. For applicant tracking score reasons. And you will find that that some job postings or job submissions actually instruct you to put the cover letter after the resume. The third thing is that not every recruiter reads cover letters, but about 50% do read cover letters. So you still have to put some effort into it because if you don't, then those that do read it, you know, you've lost out on that. You never want to give a recruiter any reason to discount you. And so from having a really well-formatted, crisp-looking resume that stands out uh, in terms of the spacing and you know, the, the, the way, it, the, the appearance. So you, mm-hmm. can, you can look at some uh, books for well-designed resumes. It's not that it's fancy. I'm not advocating all kinds of graphics at all. But I, you can tell the difference between a resume I did and a self-written one most of the time, simply because my spacing is absolutely crisp. My bullets are all lined up. They're not jagging here and there, uh, that sort of thing. It it sounds so easy, but I can't tell you, like 90% of the ones I see are messy looking. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. No, and and it just doesn't look right. I'm with you 100%. It just... And it, mm-hmm. it, it brings to mind if, if a person who doesn't put that much care or attention into their own resume, you know, what's mm-hmm. it going to be like when they do their job? Absolutely. Which, which is the way I see it, because it's also a reflection, right? The, the amount of time and the amount of work that you put into your resume and your cover letter is going to tell me how much time and effort you're going to put into the work that you're going to do on a day-to-day, right? Yes. And, and if you haven't put truly 110% into your <laughs> resume to lend you a great job that maybe pays you 80,000 or whatever a year. Yeah. Then that's not saying too much about, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and, and, you know, and I, I could see this, like, so it's a struggle, especially for the young people, right. That are out there looking for work. They just done school and it's, it's a rush to get into the workforce. So the attention to detail from what I, you know, I've seen Mm -hmm. in my own personal experience, isn't necessarily there because they just they just kind of throw anything together and then they just apply to a hundred different jobs with the same resume. Oh yes, that won't work today. That's why you really need to pick and choose which ones you really want to put in the time to to finesse your application. So this is this is good because I want to spend a minute just on on speaking about how do you choose and and with your experience and your expertise, how do you choose the right organization to submit your resume to? Oh, that's a great question because I've had a few clients who accepted a, um, and, and some of them are executive. It's not that it's young people right out of mm-hmm. university or college necessarily, accepted a job that really didn't pan out. You know, the culture wasn't right. 
And it's a bit of a mixed bag. It's difficult to uh, make sure that you're applying to companies that resonate with you. Obviously, when you're a new grad, you may have to take something that's not ideal in order to get your foot into that door. Yeah. But what I do with clients' resumes and cover letters is make sure that there's enough in language in there. And sometimes it's really a word here or there. It's not heavy-handed at all. But a few words that speak to their style. Let's say the, the client is a real change agent, not wanting to work where they just like the status quo. I'm going to make sure that comes through because I don't want that client to even get interest from a company that wants you to just stick to their processes and not bring up any ideas and not move forward into the future with some bold vision. They don't want that. That client doesn't belong there. And so I do encourage people in their resumes to do that. If, you're, if you love process and you love being uh, given a methodology to follow and you don't want to tweak things and change them, that's perfectly fine. I'm not telling you that's a bad thing at all. Make that clear in your resume. That'll attract the kind of company or position that, or division or manager or whatever that loves that kind of approach, needs that person in that role. Mm -hmm. But if you're something other, then you've got to be honest and authentic and let the ch chips fall where they may. You don't want to attract attention from a company that you won't fit into. Yes. And then I, yeah, no, absolutely. If you're new and it, like you need to get your foot in the door so you can expose yourself to the hidden job market that's within that organization, as long as you like the organization, mm -hmm. but no, definitely. And incorporating that type of language and that type of value, your own personal values into your resume and into your cover definitely yes. will help exclude you from being hired by the wrong people because they'll see it and hopefully they yes. see it. Yeah, you, you don't want to be working for the wrong person. It just kind of it just makes for a bad work experience. Whether you're new or even transitioning from one place to another, you want to make sure that you you land in the right place. And that's yes. to me, it's always that's actually even more important than the amount of money that you make. Because if you, I agree, I agree. I think that is because you'll be happier, and also when you're ready to make a change, you'll have great information to add to you to update your <laughs> resume. But if you work in a place where oh, you really are not getting anything done because you go to the manager with ideas and you're always said no, 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 you've got nothing to add to your resume. Yeah. <laughs> okay yeah so this is fantastic there's been a lot of good information that you shared with us today uh is there is there more so are you running anything currently you were talking about a couple of talks that you're going to be delivering one in kitchener uh yeah. do you have any upcoming events where people can come see you live if they wanted to well the only one that's upcoming is uh the community tech job seekers group uh, mm -hmm. in kitchener waterloo um and that's on, I believe, September 11th at 1 o'clock. Okay. So they could look, Google up Community Job Seekers. It, it is an open forum. Okay. Uh, you just have to ask, uh, connect with the organizers to make sure that they have rooms. Okay. And if they wanted to learn more about you and some of your services and where that's available, where can they go and get that? Yeah, my Stephanie? website is at newleafresumes.ca. Okay. I'll make sure to include the link to your website in the show notes, um, you know, to make sure that people can go direct. If people want to learn about you as well, can they go to your LinkedIn? Is that all right? Yes, I'm there as well. Absolutely. Okay. They can connect with me on LinkedIn. 
Terrific. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. No, there's been a lot of good information. Like even for me to think about, you know, and the big one that stands out for me is your resume is your business case on why an organization needs to hire you. Mm-hmm. That like it just talk about a, a mind shift. It's just like wow. Okay, that's yeah, good. That is really interesting. Yeah. Sometimes it just takes that little a, a different way of looking at something, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden. Resume is not just a boring old resume anymore. No, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And, and yeah. So, a couple of other things, you know, to, to make sure that you tell your story, you show your value. Um, you know, don't use your headers and footers. So, how do you? So, I want to just go back to this one because I'm thinking, you know, my audience members are probably thinking, then where do they put that information if it's not in the headers and the footers? Just right into the Word document. Okay. And yeah. would they change the style? Like, would would you make it bigger, smaller, similar to what you would do in a footer or a header, or would you do it uh, where it, it all? Look, it would look the same, just that it wasn't in a header. Okay. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. I'd like to make an offer to your listeners. Sure, I have a yeah. handout that I typically reserve for my clients in on applicant tracking systems, okay. formatting do's and don'ts, and keyword uh, ideas as well. So if they would want to email me at newleafresumes at gmail dot com. Okay. I would be happy to uh, send them out a PDF on that. Okay, so I'll make sure. So newleafresumes at gmail.com. That's right. And okay. if they could tell me, you know, they, they uh, listen to me uh, on your show and uh, are following up on this uh, ATS handout, I'd be happy to send it to them. Yeah, terrific. I'll make sure I include that as well. No, and thank you for, for sharing that with, with our group. I know... Uh, especially a lot of the new Canadians, like it can be a struggle, especially when you're moving from one country to another and uh, things are getting really challenging here in North America. So having the advantage of having, you know, how to get through the ATS is really going to give you an advantage over other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I have a great track record with uh, new Canadian clients and help them land a job in their field. The IT guy that I spoke uh, Mm -hmm. came from the Philippines to Canada and he had he landed a job with a great employer within a few weeks he was thrilled I was too it depends <laughs> what field you're in of course whether it happens yeah. that fast or not mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, it's definitely possible definitely wow that's <laughs> terrific so thank you for your time today Stephanie and, and thank you're you for welcome. sharing you know all your information with us like I mentioned earlier I will be including all the links in the show notes so for those of you that are listening out there and you want to get access to Stephanie's uh, ATS uh, resume uh, I'm going to call it a cheat sheet essentially on how to properly format your resume uh, I'll make sure to include her email address just you know send her an email let her know that you listen to the show so you can grab your free copy of that Great. Yes. <laughs> so Stephanie, thank you again for, for being on the show and for sharing your information with all of us. I know this is, wow. Like I'm, my head's just, it's spinning right now with all the, oh. like I've got three pages of notes and I'm the oh. one doing the show. So <laughs> well, you're very welcome. And, and, you know, I know I can get extremely passionate about this, but I've seen wonderful things happen for people. And, uh, like I said, I feel like I'm sitting on this secret. I think I need to write a book, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you should. And, and when your book is ready, let me know. We'll bring you back on the show and you can talk a little bit about your book. I, I, it's oh, definitely, right. it's one of the things I learned from, uh, and, I, and I had the opportunity and good graces of meeting Robin Sharma many, many years ago. Oh, and the yeah. one thing he wrote in his book for me was to, always, to leave a legacy. And it's, oh, and it's yes. part of the reason why I wrote my own book. Right, right. 
because now oh. it's, it's in the Canadian archives and it's there for forever. Oh. You've thrown down the challenge, John. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, everyone. Thank you again for listening in. And Stephanie, thank you. Um, That is it. That's our episode for today. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Zero to Hired podcast. Make sure you check out our website, www.zerotohired.com and download your free resume template that's proven to get results, complete with examples and guidelines. Make sure you tune in as we interview leading industry experts who provide tips and strategies to help you get the career that's right for you.